the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Of how to qualify for financial aid and scholarships. Welcome. My name is Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep, and I'm here to run you through some. Uh, how to whoops. qualify for. That's my other monitor, making sure that uh, things are beaming out. So if you can hear me okay and see everything, uh, please introduce yourselves in chat. Say hi. Let us know where you're from. Uh, that is always cool for us to see you know, where people tune in from. Uh, Pearl is womaning the chat behind the scenes. She is also, um, as a sort of reward for you in terms of um, showing up on time, she's posting what I promised you, which was an opportunity to get a copy of my book for free, How to Pay. We just revised that, um, How to Pay Wholesale for College. So... Let's see here. All right. I see Jim from Dobbs Ferry, Brooke from Avon, Suzanne from Philly, Diane from North Carolina, Colleen from Manhasset. Yes, the mysterious Colleen. Um, David from somewhere, other David probably from California, Randy Long Island, Andy looking snazzy Colleen. That's so funny, sort of. Um, yeah, I, I had a photo of me, I guess, when I went to the U.S. Open a couple of weeks ago, and a friend of mine, I was apparently I was wearing this shirt, and a friend of mine said something like, hey, you look great in pistachio. That was, uh, by the way, Pearl, I was Hal Lieberman, in case oh you're wondering. God. Yeah, from Minnesota. So anyway, okay, good. Sounds like we're coming in loud and clear. So um, here's what's going to happen. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through a quick presentation, probably keep it to under an hour. That's, that's the intent. I want to respect everyone's time uh, for joining us. And uh, you're going to hear a lot of stuff that's different than what you probably have heard from other parents or other um, perhaps guidance counselors or people like that. So just all I ask is that you keep an open mind. Um, don't, you know, don't, don't shut down what you, uh, just because it sounds different. And I, I will be answering questions. Pearl's going to be um, kind of helping with that. And I'll, I'll stop in a few minutes to uh, to go over them once I get to a stopping point. Okay, so now I'm going to attempt to share my screen, which always makes my heart drop a little bit. And I'm going to go right into actually I don't even need these financial aid and scholarship secrets exposed. So if you can see my slides, uh, let me know. Um, it looks okay in my monitor. So good. Tan. Oh, you said I'm looking tan. Colleen. That's funny. It's a spray tan. I did it for the webinar. All right, good. Okay, let's go. So here's what you're going to discover today. Loopholes and landmines to slash college costs, even if you think what's the use, or maybe you have stronger language. Uh, we'll never qualify for anything. I'm going to cover way more than 12 mistakes to avoid. I'm going to go over a couple of case studies of successful negotiations with colleges, and I'm going to have special tips um, for special categories, business owners and divorce families. Who is this for? 
This is for parents who have no friggin' idea how on God's green earth they'll be able to cough up $70,000 per year per kid. Or parents who have the money, they just don't see the value or the return on investment in paying full boat. I think that is questionable at best. It's also for any parent who admits that they really don't have a clue about where to start or they're just stressed out about any of this stuff, getting into college, paying for college, you name it. So if any of these or all of these describe you, you are in the right place. So just for a moment, imagine you had a magic wand and you could comfortably afford your child's dream college with zero stress or sleepless nights about how you're possibly going to pay and without satelliting your kid or you with college loan payments for the indeterminate future. How great would that feel? That's really what we're trying to do tonight. The flip side of that is if you don't pay attention and you don't take notes and don't you don't implement the advice I'm going to be uh, giving you, you have to kind of ask yourself, well, are you willing to risk crushing your kid's dreams by telling her you can't afford to send her to the college that she worked her butt to get off to get into? You know, she did her part. Are you going to do your part? You have the opportunity now. Will your kid end up buried in hundreds of thousands of dollars of high rate, high fee college loans? Are you, are you okay just needlessly forking your cash over to these ripoff colleges, possibly delaying your retirement for years while you struggle to pay off your loans or maybe your, your kids' loans? That's, that's why this is important. Now, uh, I do see a lot of familiar faces in the chat, but I know there's plenty of people who don't know who we are. So just really quick before we get into the, the actual instructional stuff here, maybe wondering who are the Lockwoods who are Pearl and Andy? Why should we pay attention? Uh, so three best-selling books, including the one that you can still download for a few more minutes as a reward for your punctuality. Um, I'm also a um, sort of a, a paid trainer or coach to other financial advisors who want to learn about how to navigate the college financial aid system. And, and frankly, we get terrific client results, which is to me the only really important thing on this on this slide here. I'll tell you a little bit about my backstory because I don't always do this, but a lot, a lot of times people ask me how I got into this business. So um, back when I was attending uh, college, I went to the, thank you very much, fourth most expensive school at the time. Wesleyan University. And my dad, who was a photojournalist, this is a photo of him with, uh, you can probably recognize uh, Fidel over there. This, uh, my dad wrote a book about Fidel Castro and he did a lot of other really high profile things, but he was a freelance photographer and he didn't really make a lot of money. By the time I was born, he had diabetes and he was disabled and, and very low income. But he was a do-it-yourselfer type of guy, which was, um, as far as my mom was concerned, a disaster when he did taxes. He, he would just have all these piles of paperwork. He wasn't very organized, never did anything on time. My guess is that he didn't really see the value of hiring an accountant or, or other experts. So his attitude with me and loans and financial aid was, you know what, just go to the best school that you can. We'll figure it out. It's going to work out. Don't worry about it. This is how it worked out. It really didn't. Racked up six figures worth of uh, a debt and struggled with all kinds of, you know, I, didn't always, I wasn't always able to make the payments. So crazy, you know, uh, credit issues and all sorts of stuff. And that's, you know, why I say my dad didn't have a me. I don't know if he would have even paid attention to a me back then. But now I want you to know that I went through all these struggles. And I learned all this stuff the hard way. You don't have to. 
if you pay attention to what I'm going to say tonight, you're going to fast track and shortcut all that horrible stuff. And frankly, you know, one of the things that got us into this uh, field is, you know, we have four kids of our own, Pearl and I, and we swore to each, you know, to each other and to them that they would never go through anything remotely like what I went through. And um, if you're having trouble, for those of you trying to do the math here, that there actually are four kids here. That's that's not another head growing out of Pearl, a, a mini me head. That's our, <laughs> that's her mini me daughter, Sammy. So. <laughs> anyway, um, but in terms of our clients, these are the types of results we, we always get for clients. This is uh, a nice testimonial from Stephanie Salzbank in Port Washington. She was worried that uh, none of her friends got financial aid, and then and then she started getting her offers from you know the, her daughter's great schools that she was hoping to get into, like Ithaca and BU. My friend said, I can't understand how you received so much in assistance. Well, I got nothing. I even had the FAFSA people, whatever that means, fill out the forms. And Steffi said, you know, thank you. You made this whole process so easy, less stressful and downright fun. You know, all the loopholes. So that's one example. Uh, we also help kids get into college with the essays and applications. This is a text I got from uh, Julie Perellis down in um, Kulet, who, who was just gushing that she was told by the Cornell admissions officer that her kids' applications stood out. And she you know, gave me a lot of credit for making those possible. Um, this is a very uh, cool. Um, Dennis O'Hara is a superintendent, and he says he knows a lot of college planners who promise results but don't deliver. In your case, I got real results, and he gets thanked by parents to recommend him. Here, here's the craziest testimonial I ever got, then we'll get into the presentation. Um, fake Donald Trump just loved the work that we fake did for him. So, okay. <clears throat> Moving along. Let me make an obvious point here. The less you spend on college, the more money you have for other stuff. And that's really what this is all about. You have more money for retirement. You have more money for paying off your mortgage if you're that crazy. You have um, you can do fun stuff like take vacations or eat out more or buy jet skis. I don't, I don't really care what you do. You'll just have more to be able to do that. You can do anything other than just giving it to these rip-off colleges. So where do you start? And a lot of people... Uh, you may also be in this group. You've heard about all these forms, the FAFSA. That's just one of several hard-to-figure-out acronyms. This process is crazy complicated, and I personally think it's for no reason. But when you get the government involved, that's what happens. You know, things get out of hand. So you may be willing to throw up the red, uh, the white flag, or the equivalent of of the white flag, and that's you know you shouldn't do that. But I don't blame you. It's totally not your fault. You you shouldn't expect any help from I mean, people do this, but unfortunately, they shouldn't expect any help from guidance counselors or accountants or, or financial guys, and I'll get into that uh, more in a couple of minutes. This is one of the reasons why. This is the regulatory scheme, the simplified view behind, yeah, simplified behind the FAFSA, which is the easier form. This is what it looks like. There's other stuff that's really stacking the odds against being successful in this product, other factors here. Tuition has skyrocketed compared to virtually every other, literally every other industry, cost of living or medical care and all that, and it's continuing to go up. A lot of experts predict that student loans are the next bubble to burst with repercussions that are going to ripple throughout the economy. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but I understand what they're saying. There's other challenges that our kids, you know, I have kids the same age as you, most likely, who are facing 50% of college grads are underemployed, meaning they don't have jobs that require college degrees even two years 
after they graduate. That's crazy. 93% of employers in, in polls and hiring managers say that college grads are completely unprepared for the workforce. Student loan defaults are out of hand. They're supposedly slowing, but I think a lot of that has to do with these income um, repayment, income-based repayment plans, which really just kind of kick the can down the road. And ultimately, taxpayers, I think, are going to be the ones that are going to pick up the the rest of the uh, discharge loans. But those, the defaults are still very, very high. And that's why you should understand that you got to take this seriously because the odds are stacked against you. So I'm going to zip through five secret ways that colleges and the Department of Education are out to get you. And uh, then we're going to go through some tips once you understand, you know, the playing field here, some tips that you can use to beat these colleges and the government at their own sick game. <laughs> because in financial aid, it's the responsible middle-class families who do things like live below their means who are punished for doing the right thing, while irresponsible families are rewarded for doing the wrong thing. I'm not saying this to be political. I think I'm being pretty – there's different ways to look at this, but I think this is really straightforward and, and, and factual, and you'll see what I mean. Here's one example. Home equity, the trap of owning a home. Now, I'm guessing people, you know, you may be one of them on this, on this presentation, think that um, if you own a home, that doesn't count against you. It's not supposed to count against you. That is partially true. It's not completely true because more than 400 colleges actually penalize you for owning a home. In other words, they expect you to be able to tap that equity, maybe an equity line, maybe refinancing, to be able to use as an asset to pay for college. So what they do is if you have equity in your house, they treat you as if you have that money ready, ready willing, and able to use to pay for college, and they, they reduce your eligibility by that amount. So there is a penalty for owning a home and having a low mortgage and paying it off. And frankly, it's not just the colleges. The government would rather lend you their high-rate, high-fee loans as opposed to encouraging you to use some you know, lower-rate options and possibly even tax-deductible options like your home. And why do you think that is? Look at how much interest they make on student loans. I've seen studies that say that it's more than a billion and a half dollars per year. It's a lot of, a lot of profit there. So don't. That, that's one reason why the odds are stacked against you if you own a home. Secret number two: colleges punish you in general for having a living, paying your bills, and saving money. But I will show you how to level the playing field. Third secret is that some savings. That, that you can use, you can avail yourself of, don't count against you at all. They're completely penalty-free. There are actually four example loopholes. Um, I call it 4.5 example loopholes in the financial aid formulas that I will go over with you in a few minutes. The fourth secret is you'll never hear about these loopholes except by chance. If you just happen to have stumbled across this webinar, you're not going to hear them from guidance counselors who, frankly, are not trained in the nuances of financial aid. And the average ratio of, of kid to counselor is something like 501 nationally. In New York, where we are, it's in the 400s to one. And even at the private schools, we have a lot of kids who attend private school. The ratios are better, but, but still the issue is that guidance counselors and, and college people at, at private high schools are not trained. They don't really focus on the money aspect of it. So you're not going to get help from them. CPAs and accountants, you know, they are ostensibly experts in the tax code, but that is so, it's a lot of work for them to keep up. They have their hands full 
uh, and it's you know there's a big change going on right now. So to ask them to then also delve into the college financial aid rules and regulations is is a tall order. And I have conversations all the time with accountants about certain things that they didn't know, even with their own kids. And, and Pearl and I have a half a dozen or so accountants as clients every year who just say, yeah, we don't want to deal with this. Just you know, take care of it for us. We don't want to make a mistake. So I'm going to share some of those uh, little tidbits with you. So you will be smarter than some accountants about uh, financial aid once we wrap up the hour here. And then there's financial advisors who put themselves, you know, hang out a shingle and say, hey, we do college planning too, but really what they're doing is selling products and earning a commission um, in the, in many cases. I'm sure there's some good financial advisors out there who don't do that. Uh, I am not a financial advisor. I don't sell any products, but um, personally, I felt that there was you know, a little bit of a, um, a conflict. I'd rather just give straightforward advice and then refer to a financial advisor or work with the client's financial advisor. So again, it's a whole new financial advisors not only have a different incentive than uh, doing what's in your best interest, no matter how you slice it, but frankly, you know, they have a lot to keep up with, with their own compliance stuff. So it's hard for them to delve into financial aid also. Okay. And colleges won't tell you because they're businesses. Their agendas are different than your agenda. You know, you may be swayed by the college websites talking about how inclusive they are and how they want to give the best education, the best price. Okay. That's partially true, but they also have to care. They care very much about their U.S. News and World Report rank. Uh, that's, you know, they look at that every year. As soon as that magazine comes out, all the trustees and the president and, you know, the directors, they're all, you know, immediately looking. And then so, so they can brag about it and therefore attract more, more candidates, more applicants who pay application fees. The alumni, you know, are a, a whole body that has another agenda. You know, if they give a lot of money, they have a big say in who gets admitted and who doesn't. Um, diversity is a big thing, and that's, uh, you know, a very hot topic right now. Um, in, in terms of what's what's happening legally these days, so uh, colleges, you know, have a lot of them have these diversity um, quotas or quasi quotas, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they they are constantly after money from the federal government for for researching stuff. Frequently, frankly, it's like you know unreadable, barely publishable, obscure scientific stuff that that doesn't get cited. Uh, by other scientists, but it's designed in order to in order to uh, you know, to win grants for research. So they they care about all this stuff. It's got really nothing to do with quality of education or, or how successful a kid is after college. And they care about um, you know, something called enrollment man management, which is how they leverage or allocate uh, scholarships and financial aid to students that they want more than others. So you may be thinking, you look at all this stuff and think to yourself, it's just not fair. And my answer is right. It's it, who said it's supposed to be fair. You know, if you're applying to college and you're looking at a college, your college list, you're looking at Naviance or whatever you use, and you think, okay, I have a pretty good shot of getting in here because my, my grades and scores seem to be within reason. That's only the start of the conversation. The rest of the conversation is: Are you an underrepresented minority? Are you a legacy? Are you know all these other types of things that can bear on your ability to get in? This that's outside the scope of this presentation. But I just want you to understand that there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes on behind the scenes that, that you've never thought about probably when it comes to how colleges make decisions, both in terms of admitting kids and giving money out. And you just need to be aware uh, that you don't know what you don't know. So let's go over some little known facts that you may not know, but you will know. The average discount, whether it's 
merit-based or need-based? 